Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Kang's Cast Podcast. Look for new episodes weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Welcome to Kang's Cast. This is D Fresh with Eric and Ryan. We are excited to be with you again for another podcast this week. This episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You could follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. And just like we tell you every week, next time you go in, tell them the Kang's Cast guy sent you. We got some good topics to go in on today. We're excited. Kings finally won a basketball game. They snapped that six game losing streak by beating Chicago the other night. And, uh, well, let's start off with that game. I don't care how you guys are doing. I want to get into this. So let's let's start off with the Chicago game. Uh, obviously, Buddy Heald's been starting all season. Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off the bench. Luke Walton decided it was time to make a flip. Buddy uh, came off the bench, played fairly well. Bogey started, played just a little bit more minutes-wise. Uh, let's get going in on that, and we'll go from there. So uh, whoever wants to start, take the stage. What's good? Yeah, this is um, the Kings finally won. That's cool. Um, it's been pretty crappy the last couple of weeks to have to you know come home and, and turn the game on and, and watch them because it, it's not even been competitive. So great that they won. Um, <clears throat> pretty crazy, though, that they've been on such a uh, a bad losing streak. It's just still some of it doesn't make sense to me, but. Either way, this game particularly was interesting because they did make the announcement like an hour before the game that they were going to do the lineup swap. Um, and this has kind of been all the, the I, w- I wouldn't say rage, but just kind of a lot of opinions this direction on Twitter. And I, I wasn't feeling it about, you know, Bogdanovich being the starter. And a lot of people have been pushing for that for for a couple of weeks, right? And so mine mine my reason was more that I just didn't feel that I just I'm not that high on Bogdan Bogdanovich and so I didn't feel the need to force him to, into the lineup, but after this game and maybe as we start to talk about it, my mind could be changed because um it's not necessarily about Bogdanovich being um you know, being better than than Buddy Hill, but maybe it is that Buddy Hill play a different role a different role that's you know maybe more conducive to him being successful in a game if he comes off the bench because he still played more minutes you know he still played more minutes he got the touches statistically he outdid Bogdanovich in every category so um you know maybe that's the maybe that's the game plan what do you what do you think Ryan um yeah it could be good you know it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if Buddy is still playing more minutes you know, like it's, it doesn't matter who starts the game. Uh, uh, the only thing that bugs me about this is, you know, everybody just has this stinking love affair with, with Bogdan. You know, every, everybody just thinks he's so great and it's, you know, oh, he needs to be in the starting lineup. This it's like, uh, dude, buddy is still better. You know, and that's the, that's the only thing that bugs me about this is just, 
you know, everybody just has this, you know, this, this, again, this love affair with Bagon that just, uh, just really gets on my nerves, but going forward, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think they should experiment this experiment with this till the all-star break at least. And, uh, you know, see how it plans out. Hopefully bogey again is not on the team after the all-star break. So maybe that's why they could be doing this. Maybe they're trying to showcase him a little more. Who knows? Um, but I'm cool with it, man, whatever it's, we suck anyway. So good on Luke Walton trying to adjust the rotation <laughs> and trying to figure out something new. And what do you know? It, it, it led us to a win. So, uh, yeah, wh- whatever with that, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't well, just just to give some specifics real quick, Bogey still did actually get uh, a couple more minutes. He had 26 compared to Buddy's 23. But when you look at the numbers, Buddy was 7-12 from the field. He was, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 5-9 and nine from downtown, 21 points, played pretty well. Uh, and then Bogey was 4-10, 2-7 from downtown, had 12 points. So uh, kind of like we were talking off air, uh, just another average statistical night for, for Bogey. Yeah, some I didn't throw in. Um, you know, Eric hit on most of it, so it's you know a little different when you go second. But you know, Buddy, the, there could be a plus to Buddy being in the coming off the bench, and that could be you know he could really be getting um, the the number one touches. And what I mean, like he could be getting plays ran for him. I don't really know, honestly. I didn't watch the whole game the other night. I got busy, got home late from work. Uh, but you know, maybe buddy, you know, being in this, in this backup role can get those touches. He's getting the plays ran for him. Um, you know, easier buckets maybe, you know, but, uh, we'll, we'll see going forward. I want to ask you guys, and I know Eric likes to get excited about this. Why are people so infatuated with Bogdan Bogdanovich? I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's something I wonder and I ask people all the time. I've never, um, I've never understood it. Like, to, to, if you want, if it's helpful, maybe we could look at back at his last couple of years since he's been on the Kings. But it's like his first year he was here. It was okay. He's not. He's not a terrible player, right? Like he 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 can play. Like maybe there's something there. But but last year, dude, he was. He was not good last year, and and I guess that's where coming into this year, I was a little bit more critical because I was more critical of him last year in general. I thought he was sometimes a liability for the Kings, and so going into into this year, people wanted them to sign him with that restricted tender and, and make him a focal point. When people like to refer to this team as a the core, which I fucking hate now, like I hate that term. Right? They they try to lump him in as these as this young talent that is worth the development off, off of. Um, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. The guy is an average player, you know. I mean, he's basically a better than a little bit better version, maybe, of Bob Sura to me. Like, and that's I'm not even trying to hate guys. Like, I'm just dude, but go look at Bob Sura's statistics, man. Like, if it really I'm pulling shit out of my ass here, but really go look at Bob Sura's statistics. It's like it, I get it. Like players like that are valuable. You like them. They do they they, they they go out, they play hard, they work hard, like they have some shooting ability, they they can handle the ball. Like I, I understand why people like want to have players like that on a team, but this whole love affair of like the core and development is crazy to me. It's just it's just astonishing. And so um I'm very confused by it. I I really don't know. Um 
And I know, I don't know, man. I, I just can't, I can't say, I think sometimes I'm wondering if I'm like living in the twilight zone and maybe I'm just not seeing something here. Okay, real quick. I, I'm going to make two two comments on this. All right, Bob Sura, didn't he miss a, remember remember he had like a couple triple doubles in a row, like in his career when he was with Atlanta. Didn't he like miss a wide open layup to get the rebound, to get that like triple double or something? Is that? Yeah, and then they <laughs> do remember, remember that. They know. Remember that? And then they, they said no. Because cause that was when, that was when like the Pistons had traded him to the Hawks for yeah. Rasheed Wallace. And then he just went on this like crazy streak. But yeah, he he did one of those like and one, threw it off the hoop. Purpose. <laughs> and try yeah. to get there. Okay. Shout, shout out Bob Sura. Shout out to the listeners not born in 2004 though, right? But All right. Sura. All right. So uh, my theory, okay, going back to Bogdan, my, my theory on this is why people have this, this you know, infatuation with them is they got him <clears throat> from phoenix okay they gave up what marquise chris that's that's accurate yes, right the so, so they gave Chris. up so they the kings drafted marquise chris <clears throat> they gave it up and they got bogdan all right marquise chris is fucking terrible i think he's still in the warriors he's bad dude he's bounced around to a few different teams. yeah he got cut actually yeah he yeah, got waived so they him back again didn't they yeah yes so He's he's bad. And I think, you know, I, I remember when when Bogey's first year when he came over here, people were like, oh, man, look what we got. Great job by Vladi. Great job, you know, to to trade Marquise Chris and go get get the rights to McDonavich, blah, 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 blah. And it started getting turned into this. Oh, Vladi, that was just a solid move, you know. And it was it was this chain of events that started. Hey, Vladi really rebuilt this team. You know, we got lucky in the draft. We you know we ended up getting Marvin Bagley a few a uh, few years later. And it was, I, I think that was just seen as a very savvy move by Vladi Divox. And it started. I think I, I really believe this that it started with Grant. You know, Grant and Doug started pushing this. As uh, uh, Grant and Doug started pushing this narrative that Vladi's just this great player, and and I think it's really taken off from there. And uh, that's that's just my theory. Is I think people have gotten caught up in well, we we got Bogdanovich for this player, and it was such a great move. And I really think that's played a lot into why Kings fans love Bogdanovich. But uh, that's just my theory on it. I whatever he's a good player, but uh, yeah, moving forward, I hope still hope he gets traded. <laughs> Yeah, hey Ryan, I want to go into what uh, happened on Twitter this week. Our buddy and follower Chris uh, kind of gave us an article on there uh, from ESPN regarding Bogdan Bogdanovich, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that regarding him and other youthful, quote unquote, athletic NBA players. Uh, actually, fact check. I found the article, and our buddy Chris commented on it because he's a avid Sorry, Kings fan. Yes, 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 yes. And he had seen it as well. But yes, thank you. Uh, shout out, Chris. Uh, yeah. So the the actual article, I believe Eric has it up right now. It was, uh, you know, young NBA talent to get moved at the deadline or whatever the article was. It's an ESPN Insider article. Uh, and what really caught my eye on this is like when you look at it, they have the picture. They have Bogdanovich up there, and so I'm like, okay. Let me click on this, whatever. It has Bogdanovich, you know, in there with guys like Lonnie Walker, who's like 21 or 22. You have uh, Frank Nilakina, however the hell you pronounce his name, the point guard from France. <laughs> um, it has guys like that. Malik Beasley, who's, Malik a, little, Beasley. who's a little older. Mm -hmm. Malik Beasley's a little older. But you're throwing Bogdanovich into this young talent in the NBA to be moved at the trade deadline. And that's completely bullshit. People need to realize that Bogdanovich is like t almost 28. 
Okay, people need to realize that he's not a young guy. Yeah, he's been in the NBA. This is his allegedly. Third. Yeah, you know, this is his third year in the NBA, but this dude is fucking old, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's old. And it's like you're comparing to so, guys that are seven years younger, and people really need to realize that Bogdanovich is a, he's not a young dude no more. He's He should be right in the middle of his prime in the NBA. Your prime in the NBA is probably, I would say, 27, 28 to 32. That's when guys yeah. are around there. He's smack dab in the middle of that right now. So people need to realize, like, dude, he's – in my perspective, you know, I don't – Bogdanovich isn't going to get much better than what we're seeing right now. If he even gets any better, he might even decline a little bit. Uh, so that's just I wanted to throw that out there because that's a that's a big misconception with like I think with Kings fans and NBA fans around the league, people who don't watch Bogdanovich, all they know is he's been in the league three years. Go ahead. Well, Eric. I I've I said I pulled up the article and I've been reading it again while you're talking, okay? And um, I think we can tie in the two things that we were talking about is like why people love him and why people believe he's you know still got this this potential or whatever we want to call it. I don't know. So in the article, some of the, I'll, I'll, I'll read everybody. This is ESPN uh, writer, Mike Schmitz. Uh, okay. It's an insider article, So we can tweet this out, Doug. And if people have the insider, we can, we can do it. Or maybe we can just screenshot it and undercut ESPN, the ESPN machine for people. And then they can read the article. Sure. Right. So um, some of these are some of the key talking points in the article. I think that, that Kings fans really just get all hung up on, okay? It says, Bogdanovich brings a winning pedigree. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, I love journalism. Let me let me <laughs> just means, go on It means this. he won some bullshit-ass Euro League, dude. Yeah, he brings a winning pedigree. Never won on the Kings, okay? He was a Euro League <laughs> champion and a FIBA veteran vi- prior to making his debut in the United States. Okay, okay. Blah, blah, blah. So we'll skip Royal. over. Right, uh, you, God, you stole my point I was just going to make, okay? So here's the biggest thing. He says, he was the best player on the floor in Serbia's win over Team USA squad, a Team USA squad featuring Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Donovan Mitchell. So like that right there, that is the um, that is the, the fascination or infatuation with him. It's that he, he won on the international stage, which I guess makes him a winner. <laughs> I fucking love it, right? And... It, it, that game we're gonna go on that the international game is way different it's it's just a, it doesn't apply and and i'm cra- you know what ryan we think alike you know and i have carlos Arroyo up right now i was googling because this whole thing with me and so like let's let's go in for the people carlos Arroyo, all right puerto rico um there was that year where he tore it up in in the international games so at the time i don't know whatever that was called and he got he got hyped real hard, and he got thrown into a starting point guard role thereafter. People thought that he was going to be this floor general, same same type of stuff, right? He's a winner. He's a floor general. Thought 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 because he won on the international game, and um, so I think that's where people see it. They they've seen the flash on the international level, and they think that just translates to NBA. But anybody who watches Keen's games um, like like regularly knows that Bogdanovich is is a, a good contributing player. You know, and yes, he's 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 twenty seven. He's twenty seven. But but on here article, another highlight is he's six six with a six eleven wingspan. Well, 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 people just love that. They eat that crap up, but they don't even know what it means. They just see it and they're like, I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, so it's like fifty percent of the NBA, dude. Six foot six with a six eleven wingspan. It's not like that's like it's not that's not something absurd. That's pretty common in the NBA. And real quick, let me point on something because it's very contradicting. Uh 
and it, it, it's kind of a little bit off topic, but you know, people people talk now all of a sudden when it's pertaining to Bogdanovich, the Euro the Euro game is oh, it's so great. But look at Luca Luca coming out of the draft last year. It was well, you know, he has been playing in the in the Euro League, and we don't know if that's going to translate to the NBA. You know what I mean? That's just little stuff like that that people, you know, you should be aware of of shit like that. You know, it, it just really bugs me. You're contradicting yourselves. What's up, Doug? Yeah, and just just to kind of go off that, I was I was thinking while you guys were talking, uh, Luca's what twenty now or nineteen? Yeah, He's still 20, 20 or twenty one. Yeah, yeah. B- Bogey didn't make his NBA debut till twenty five. There's exactly. a reason, right? Yeah. Well, and. I just, you know, here's another thing too. Eric was talking about, and it kind of just came up again. Uh, you know, he was saying, "Oh, he was a key contributor over Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Kemba Walker." Okay, cool. At the time, Jason Tatum was 20. All right, Donovan Mitchell probably he's a little older. He stayed in, he stayed in school like a year longer, or whatever, 21 or whatever. And then Kemba Walker, who's a Kemba Walker's a solid NBA player. But let's be fucking real, dude. The the team the what where's where's Bogdanovich from Croatia, Serbia, well, I don't Serbia. Know. All right, yeah, yeah, oh, whatever. Ser- Serbia. Okay, his team's probably been playing together for years. Those same group of guys have played together for years. You're talking about you throwing twenty and twenty one year olds on Team USA who have never played together and sending them to freaking Europe to play. All right, there's no chemistry there. All right, now if you want to be real about it, let's let's throw the and let's throw the NBA stars in and go kick the shit out of everybody. All right, what, let's let LeBron play. All right, you know, let, let's have freaking, I don't know who else in the NBA freaking wants to come out and play. All right, and let's let's take our actual stars. There's no chance. All right, so people, you know, don't be fooled by this Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. All right, like Jason Tatum's just now finally having a a real breakout year. Okay, so let's slow slow the roll. Well, let's shift. Uh, Eric, you got any more thoughts on on Bogey? No, I, I think we really gave our I think that it kind of answered our own question on why we think why people are like have this fascination with them. But the the one thing that that doesn't make sense to me is the whole age thing, because that's like that's not even like an opinion thing. Like it's straight up how the guys this old, like Ryan said, this is where guys should be. It's kind of weird. Like, so, you know, when someone is playing well at an international level or you see them play in person, you can form your opinion of what you think they are based on their, their build, their, their, their shot form, et cetera. And, uh, but, but, but so I get the difference of opinions on that, but the whole age thing, you know, that he's a young player is crazy. It's just, it blows my mind that he's, he's, you know, considered that. And I don't understand it still. I don't think we've answered that question. If people have, have an answer for us, let me know. But the whole, you know, I don't know if you're going to transition to it, Doug, but the whole thing about him falling in line with his team's, this, the Kings' core, like he's a core player and he's a young player, it isn't a fucking, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, yeah, we, we are going to, we're going to transition to decision, decision making. And, and I've seen, and I know you guys have too, a lot on social media recently about Luke Walton and Dave Yeager's name's getting brought back up a lot because he, you know, led the Kings to the promised land last year, winning 39 games. And so, Hell yeah. you know, it, it, <laughs> so we're seeing that a lot lately, you know, uh, obviously even before the season started, people were questioning Vladdy's decision. Uh, you know, Luke Walton was hired pretty much immediately. Didn't really interview anybody else besides him. Let's talk about, 
Luke Walton and what's going on this season with the Kings, and we can tie in Dave Yeager back into that as well. Okay, so we talked about this when we first started doing the podcast, and it was, uh, and I'm going to stick with what I said back then. Okay, I thought the Luke Walton was was a great idea. Okay, here's here's where what I think Vladi's uh, reasoning was when bringing in Luke Walton. Okay, last year it was not. It, you know, there was no hiding the fact that uh, Jaeger didn't really get along with the locker room too well. There was a little bit of riffs that we heard. We heard about Jaeger kicking out the assistant GM out of practice and all that bullshit, whatever. Right. And because the Sacramento Kings aren't a aren't in the, you know, like a big media market, we didn't really hear too much about it. It kind of happened and then it went away. All right. So I think. Vladi's reasoning for bringing in Luke this year was, all right, you know, Jaeger's kind of more of a, you know, I, I feel like he was more of an authoritarian figure. All right, let's bring in Luke Walton, who's good with the good with guys. Um, you know, he was really praised for um, his time with the Warriors. All right, which who went that year they went seventy three and nine or whatever. Which who gives a shit? Okay, I could coach that team to seventy three wins. All right, <laughs> that was a really good team. <laughs> like, yeah, let's be real. All right, um, but I think it was just Jaeger having little riffs. Um, team i feel like the team didn't really you know maybe he was too hard let's bring in a younger guy in and whatever whatever all right um now all of a sudden you know like at the time it was oh this is great luke walton's awesome now all of a sudden the team sucks bad okay worst team in the nba in my opinion all right um and now all of a sudden everyone's like well you know dave yeager was this great x's and o's whatever all right um i think that's a little unfair to luke okay i think this year with injuries, uh, the team not really, you know, they brought in a few veterans. They didn't work out. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think it's a little too unfair uh, to go at Luke Walton like this and, and you start bringing Jaeger up. Uh, I think we need to wait another year. All right. And then we'll go from there. But I, I think Luke Walton's doing okay. I, I mean, people are freaking out, dude. I've seen some really, uh, some I've seen some stuff on Twitter that's trying to kind of hating on him. And the reason I wanted to bring up this topic was the other day I was listening. I want to say it was like Doug Gottlieb, dude. I don't really remember. I listened to so much crap throughout the day. Uh, so he was supposedly talking to Doc Rivers, Eric Spolstra, all right? And Gottlieb asked both them, hey, who's the toughest coach in the NBA to prepare for, X's and O's? And supposedly, without hesitation, they both said Dave Yeager at the same time. All right. And supposedly they didn't know each other's answers. Um, so for me, that's what kind of sparked this, uh, what, what sparked this in my head. And I wanted to bring this up to see what people thought about this. Um, and it kind of shows how respected Dave Yeager was. And this is what kind of put that doubt in my head that maybe the Kings did make that wrong, uh, that wrong choice by letting him go. But me, I'm going to be rational about this. I think we give, I think uh, this doesn't even need to be brought up. Um, at least for another year. So, Eric, what do you think? Well, I think that supposed it's supposedly not supposedly, bro. Whatever, dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. Hey, man, you want to? You want to blame it on my clogged nose, bro? I can't. Suppose, supposedly, I'm like that sounds fucking weird, man. And I looked, I'm like, definitely has a D in it. <laughs> yeah. Did you just fucking Google it? Huh? I just wanted supposedly. to be sure, you know. <laughs> but oh, we, dude. We're grammatically correct here on Kang's okay, so, right. Hey, you better not fuck up because I'm coming for you oh, now. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, so 
my my take on this whole thing is like I going back to last year, I didn't really I didn't blame Jaeger for for the Kings' woes. You know, I didn't blame. I think it was his fault. The guys. The guy is a good coach. I I think that my my reasoning for it was time for him to go was like the other things, which was like it was like you said, the reports that had come out. Um, I I didn't think that sometimes there you got to factor in the players and you got to factor in the uh, the direction of the the franchise. And I just don't think that the Kings front office agreed with him. And and personally, it's like they weren't. It's like you said, they were only. Th- had what 39 wins it's not like they were so good to where it was a debate like it was justifiable as far as the production on the court so um even without him i think that most fans thought well the kings are just gonna you know there's gonna be years of improvement going forward and it and we can still do that without him without the the bullshit that had come out so but but as far as the king's um talent and their and their you know their win total and stuff i didn't really blame him i more blamed the front office last year i think that guy got what he got i mean he had to he, he his most reliable front court player last year was was you know willie man and that's when <laughs> i'm gonna blame a guy for that and so i i but who also just got traded <laughs> yeah but i don't i don't care see i don't i'm not one of those i'm not gonna look back and say well um you know, I wish we still had him. And it's crazy. Kings fans, man, you guys are weird as fuck, dude. Hella weird. Because all, things start going bad. All of a sudden, you start to look back to what's comfortable. Like, always. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's like the standard mentality here. It's the losing mentality. Well, oh my god, we had it over here. Yo, you had a, you had a 39-game winning, you know, coach who was disgruntled with the front office. Like, why are you trying to act like you want to go back to that all of a sudden let's move forward man like king fans get caught up in these little itty bitty moments and what's good and they forget they forget the big they don't see the big picture of things and so like ryan said i'm on i'm on that page i'm on that hey you want to have a young team and, and you're developing team you got to give that shit time and if you think that how ha- not even halfway through this even season's already time to have buyer's remorse and regret on things and be um, you know, upset and wish that you hadn't fired your coach. Like that's a weird mentality, man. It's a weird mentality. You got to embrace everything to go forward and just hold people accountable going forward. Not try to, you know, put together the good pieces of what happened in the past. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, you know, hey, what we see from the Sacramento media, hey, the future's bright, but let's all just look back at last year. Hey, the future's bright, but let's go look back at last year. You know, that's the kind of stuff that just, ah, uh, dude. Go ahead, Ryan. Keep going. No, we're good. We're good. Oh, I thought you guys, well, no, you guys, you guys threw me off. You threw me off a little bit. You guys were pointing. I didn't think my mic was on or something. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Well, it, well, let's go into that then. I mean, let's, let's tie in. Let's tie in the the media aspect that we're gonna do anyways about you know how how Kings or not Kings fans, I'm sorry, Kings Media is handling, you know, this basically this era of Kings basketball. How are because uh, you, you us us guys have been, you know, obviously following for many years now and before before we started doing this podcast, we've kind of been you know, really critical of Kings media and uh, how they always are just trying to keep things positive, even in the, the darkest of times, which is going over a de- well over a decade now. So let's jump into that ab- about 
the Kings media and their current status. I'll Eric, go. Would you you want to lead us off on this? Yeah, I'll go in on this because I was the, the one that um that's that kind of started off this week on uh, on on Twitter, and um you know last year there was this um. I don't know. I think there was a set. People realized that last year went probably better than they thought it was going to go, and then, um, and then the Kings started playing a little bit better, right? And then, and and things started to look like a little bit on the up and up. Which you know, when you're when you're on the when you're on the bottom, right? There's only one place to go, which is up, right? So that's kind of the, where the Kings were last year. And, and I think a lot of people were just kind of like this year, it is what it is. It is what it is. Right. But next year, like next year, we're going to start taking the jump. We're going to start taking the jump. And for me, I disagreed. The Kings were in playoff contention last year, later in the season, latest that they've been in a, in a decade. Okay. And they were out, they went out and they were buyers and, and getting Harrison Barnes. Right. And they got him and they put together this, uh, a lineup that was a little more fortified and, and potentially could have made a run. Following that, it, it, their March record last year was fucking awful. And for me, this whole I noticed this within within the Kings media uh, about that time. It was the Washington Wizards game in March, um, and the Kings lost. And and that was without a John Wall. I don't even know if Bradley Beal played. It was the Wizards were terrible last year, and the Kings lost. And uh, Grant Napier goes out there and is like. Puts that to this fluffy, fluffy tweet. It's like the future's bright, you know, tough loss, blah, blah, blah. This moral victory thing that many of you Kings fans have seen all over the place. And I'm like, what? Why do we think it's all of a sudden going to be better? Why aren't we holding this team accountable, et cetera, et cetera, right? And like, I feel like that's kind of bled over into this year. Like going into this year, everyone thought it was going to be fixed. Everything, everybody thought that it was just going to be better. I thought they were Kings were going to improve, but they didn't. But now, I mean, there's only one guy I'm hearing is Carmichael Dave. That's the only guy he's finally coming around. And Carmichael Dave came at me, calling me soft, and 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 went on a whole thing talking shit to me personally on there when I was just trying to be critical of where the Kings were, right? And uh, it, it's it's one of those like I just don't understand. I guess why people aren't being more critical. And um, right now, it's it, I it's not being critical about the players because I don't think it's the players and I don't think it's the coaching staff. I think it is the front office. I think the front office is the one that needs that people need to be critical of, and I and we're not going to hear it because I think they're too close to the team. I think they're afraid to speak out against the front office. Um, I think there's a lot of deflection over this franchise that's gone to the players and the coaches. When really, it starts from the owner and it starts from Vladi. Just does, and so I don't. I want to hear it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh... And you see, I'm not going to say any names right now, but you see certain media, Sacramento media members hanging out with Vladi, uh, you know, posting pictures on social media with these guys laughing. Obviously, they're friends, right? They've talked, they talk about it uh, very often. And it's, that's, that's the kind of crap that it's like, dude, why don't we just call it what it is, man? All right. Vladi a couple years ago said, I'm going to give myself, what was it? Three years. Okay. Three seasons. And if, if the Kings, if we're not in the playoffs, I'm going to step down. Well, God damn it, here's year three, and we're not in the fucking playoffs. All right? So where is that? Where is that from? Where is that from the media? Call them out. You know, let's bring stuff up like that. Where is that at? Let's be real about the Kings situation. All right? Uh, I just get, I get really worked up about this, dude. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to go too hard on it. But 
I, I just really wish that people would start calling for what it is, man. It's we're not very good, you know. So, yeah, Doug. Well, I just want to I just want to bring up something too that I I tweeted out this week, and I I know not a lot of people are discussing it, but like look at the Kings organization and who's involved, and like obviously when you think about it, they're the Kings' heyday, you know, the early two thousands. Could argue, I mean, we think best team in the league. Okay, who's involved with that team? Vladi Divac, general manager. Peja Stoyakovich, special assistant general manager, whatever. Bobby Jackson, assistant coach. Now, uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Doug Christie is the color guy for the the TV, and so on and so forth. And Bibby's there a lot. Weber's there a lot. Like, the infatuation, I don't know if it's Vivek or Vladi or both, with keeping these guys around the organization is this is this handicapping the kings from really bringing in guys that are experienced in the fields that they are need to be in and know what they're actually doing i think that's a really good question doug and and i think it is a it's yeah i, I do think it is but i i, I think i'm a, there's two points to this you want to embrace players from the past and you want to create this sense of uh you want to embrace the success that you've had right and you want to kind of make sure that that's the tone around it because that's how you become a franchise who has some type of history tradition some type of standard right if you look at all the let's look at the nfl and and let's get out of the nba you know look at some of the 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 teams that have that you know the, the giants the steelers the cowboys the niners right it's it's like these these storied franchises who who embrace success and have a culture like if you think of a team you know what the culture is and so um i think it was smart because uh, post like I would say like 2000 like six through 2000 what do you guys want to say 2010 maybe I think that was like lost and there was a lot of just uh, you know it, I felt like the Kings perception around the league was there was no culture there it was basketball wasteland and I still think people feel that way but like similar to kind of like what the new you know the Hornets are or something right just like this average small market team with nothing so I get why they want to embrace that and do all that but the my problem is yes it's it's Outside of that is when you give people those those people the the powers to make decisions, right? Then what happens is we've created a situation like the local media here, where um, they're they don't want to be critical because they've known them for a long time. They want to be, you know they don't want they don't want to say anything against them. There's this there's this blind loyalty, if you will, and um, and I feel like the the ownership. I think a lot of people have given the ownership a pass because they they did, technically saved the team, right? They saved the team f for Sacramento. So it's like, I feel like the local media particularly didn't want to be critical last year because it's like, well, you know, but they did save the team. So we got to be grateful, guys. We got to be grateful and we shouldn't even be here. So it's okay. Like, And I think that that's, you know, Great. Yes, they saved the team for Sacramento. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. We, you know, we're happy that you did that. We're happy that you're embracing this tradition because it couldn't have been here. But at the same time, you know, it it's not fair to ask fans and ask media and for media not to give fans the real perspective in that. Um, we can't be critical because of 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 Vladi because of that. We can't be critical of, of Vivek, you know, it, 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 because they saved the team. They were successful in the past, and so. I think that's a lot of the dynamic, um, and I think that Kings fans are feeling more like us, but I think the media is is taking that other side. Yeah, not much I can say after that. <laughs> I, I'm it, it. That's exactly what it is. 
it's blind loyalty, man. And whatever, I, 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 until, until people are going to start being held accountable, dude, I think the Kings are going to stay in this, in this, uh, losing mentality and they're losing ways season after season after season. Changes got to, changes have to, they have to happen. But, um, if the guys making the decisions are the problem, how does the problem get changed? Well, and speaking of front office decisions, uh, we've also been seeing this float around uh, quite frequently recently on Twitter, um, to be more specific. And that's the core of this Kings team. What is the core? Who is a part of the core? Why is this term getting thrown around so loosely? And what, how does this tie in with the Kings front office? I I just want to go before we start the topic before anybody talks and say I I fucking hate this core term. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. I'm happy that we're going to be talking about this. All right, the core to me is Bagley Fox, okay? You want to talk about the only two guys it should be Bagley and Fox. And my reasoning for this, all right? I know we just paid Buddy. We can't even move Buddy right now. All right. But my reasoning is also Buddy Heald, not talking about. He's like the same age as Bogdanovich. All right. He, <laughs> all right. We found out last year he was lying about his age. I don't, I don't know if that's ever really made media like that. Uh, but Buddy was actually a year older than what he was saying. I believe he's 27. They, people still try to say he's 26, but it came out, whatever, he's a year older. But so when we talk about core moving forward, all right, like we said earlier, guys hit their prime. About 27, all right? I would say about 27, you are prime in the NBA, all right? By the time Fox and Bagley are 27, Buddy and Bogey might not even be in the league, dude. All right, we're talking about another six, seven years, all right, for, for I think, Bagley's 20 or 21, right? So we're, we're talking about six years. These guys are going to be 34, dude. They're not going to be on the Kings team at that point, all right? And if they are, they're at the tail end of their careers, all right? Only guys, only elite, elite players play are are playing at a high level after 34 years old. LeBron James, Kobe did it, but he got hurt. I want to say 34, 34th uh, age year he got hurt. All right. Durant, legendary players. Yes, legendary players are the only guys past 34 who are still carrying their team to championships or making championship runs. All right. So everybody needs to pump this brakes on our core is those four guys. I saw a tweet not too long ago. That said that Bogdanovich was untouchable. Are you, you're telling me a, a 27-year-old who's been in the league only three years and averages 13 or 14 points is untouchable? That's ridiculous. And, and people, the Kings, Kings fans especially, need to get out of this mindset that these are our four guys we need to build around them. No, we don't. Because if you try to build and you try to pay Bogdanovich to come in and you keep him here for the next four years or whatever it's going to be, by the time that our Darren Fox and Marvin Bagley, who are our two most talented players, by the time they hit their primes, those guys are going to be out of their primes and we're going to be stuck in this cycle of trying to rebuild with older guys again. That's that's my take on this. And that's that's where people need to get out of this core mindset. It's pretty much Bagley and Fox. Everybody else is expendable. Everybody else should be uh, looked at into being moved here in the next year or two. All right. And you build around those two guys. And yeah. That's it. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. There you go, people. There's only two. There's only two players. Like Ryan said, it's, it's Bagley and Fox. It's what. I, it, that's it. And realistically, 
the, you know, if if at some point they had to move Bagley to help Fox, fuck it, I'll do that too, right? When you're when you're a bad team, you've been you've been a bad team. Like anything, anything is open. I said I said last year, I, and Ryan can attest to this. I was like, you know, and I, and and I know this stuff's far fetched, but it was more me saying this was more of an example of how what I'm how I'm not committed to anybody and how willing I am to to move players. I said last year that why why would the Kings? I'd be open to moving Bagley for um, for Jimmy Butler last year. I was like, why not trade him? There you go. You know, and people would freak out if they had that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because they like to hold on to things. And so I hate this whole King's core discussion or term or whatever you want to call it. And and I saw a guy tweet earlier in the year, and I don't know his name to give him the cred. So this didn't come from me, but it, it, it made me happy. It said, like, why are people saying the core like it's the Warriors of Draymond and, and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry? Like, why do people say that? Um, this It's not. They're, an, they're a team that hasn't even broke 40 wins like people get moved, you know, <laughs> like what? And, and, and like Ryan said, the being in your late twenties, doesn't, it's something we've talked about since early on. It just doesn't match up with the timeline of development with the younger players. And, um, the, they're just pieces that are here for the now. And at some point the, you, people need to be open to that. They're going to be pieces who are going to be used to get someone to help out the guys who are actually going to be here. You know, and 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 it goes back to the whole. If we want to, we we locked up Buddy on what I think is a good contract, de-escalating, so it's tradable in a year or two. So I don't think that locks the Kings in terribly. But it's the why do we want to sign Bogdanovich and keep them here? Because all of a sudden now you're locked in with what you got. And Kings fans, look at what you've got. Look at what you've got. You look at the team right now. You think this team right here is the team? You think that's it? That, that that's it, right? You're gonna lock. You're gonna keep it to all of them. Why? You know, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Well, I, I just want to bring up something real quick, and I, I don't know how you guys are going to perceive this, but obviously, well, it was, I think it was sometime last year, the beginning of last season, when Vlade came out and said, you know, this is a young super team or something like that, and and obviously he's, he's factoring in Fox and Bagley, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys agree with me on this. He's also factoring in Buddy and Bogey. Now, we saw him obviously get rid of Ariza last week and you know probably saw hey I made a mistake bringing this guy in didn't work out for us so I'm gonna do our best to get rid of this type of contract is Vlade really trying to stick to his own narrative of this is a young super core and he's tentative to you know be able to move some of those pieces along in what he might consider be the core does that make sense all right so I've I've said this before on here. I, I think we had a whole discussion about this, but Vladi, I, I think Vladi has some connection, especially all right, to, to Bogdanovich. That was the first guy, okay? And that was his first guy that he made a great move, okay? He, and I talked about this earlier today. He made a great move. He gave Marquise Chris, who's terrible, all right? And he, got, he went and got a Bogdanovich. Okay, that was his first real move that, you know, that made it towards our 39 great season last year. All right. I think I think as Vladi has this, uh, I think he does have a hard time letting go of, hey, you know, that was my guy, man. That was the first move that I made. Uh, And and I think it kind of blinds him into uh, into making moves in the future. I also think that 
he he's going to have a hard time letting go of Buddy when the time comes because he made that move. He got rid of the DeMarcus Cousins. All right, that was also a big move for him. So I think Vladi just kind of he he has a sense of uh, you know a little pride like this is his team that he built, and I don't think he really wants to stray away from that or even try to go into a, a rebuild later on. Uh, Eric, what do you what do you think about that? Um, I I'm gonna t- kind of take a different stance because mine. Is- we don't know what a guy's thinking. We don't have the sources. We're not in, and I shouldn't feel like we should pretend to. It's up. I think that Vladi is trying to balance the Kings fans' expectations as far as like wanting to see a team that has potential and is developing and potentially could have won. So I think he's trying to appease that. Whatever direction ownership is giving him, we don't know. I think he's trying to appease that. Um, and then also just. He, whatever his own agenda is. So he's got like, like three different kind of things to approach to, to do all the, I'm not going to judge a guy. And then this is where I, th- I feel like Kings fans, you know, my recommendation would be to be smart. And, and it's like, I'm not going to judge a guy for what I think he's thinking and what I think he's going to do. I'm going to judge a guy for what he does. Right. And, and so sometimes we can come on here and we can see the writing on the wall. We can say, for example, but you know, bogey he didn't he didn't sign him right away they did they didn't work out a deal regardless of whatever reports came out i'm not i'm gonna ignore them um there's reports there's offers on the table i don't know i mean if there was a max offer on the table for bogey you would have taken it bro so don't don't act like you know i i I don't buy that okay so um we have to judge we have to judge for what happens and then we can be fucking extremely critical which i i definitely will be um so a lot of it, again, speculative. I think that Vladi really put together the pieces this year thinking that there was there was going to be um, a borderline playoff team and that he then he can make the decisions later. Now that they suck, I don't know what he's thinking. I really don't know. There's no way of knowing. The Kings have not been very active. But what I can tell you is there's been a couple moves, okay? They benched Deadman right away, showing that there was some self-awareness there. I'm sure that had to do, the front office had had, had say on that. Uh, the Kings have made a s- couple small moves for cap reasons when they when they made the trade with the Trailblazers. That shows that there's some plan to not to to maybe take on some expirings and do something. They didn't sign Bogdanovich, and he has yet to be signed, which means that he's either going to be traded or 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 something's going to happen. So the writing on the wall, I see. I'm a little bit hopeful on that, but we don't know. We just don't know, and I, I don't know what their their plan is. The m- thing I'm most critical of is not future moves and what they could do and potential and things like that. I'm most critical of the type of players that they've brought in. And I don't think that they've, they've developed players and they've scouted entirely well. I mean, you had a whole front, you had a whole off season to piece together a team that you had uh, plenty of months to watch and you inserted multiple players here and who I would say Deadman clearly didn't work out. Ariza didn't work out. Um, and Corey Joseph is a solid contributor, but, Whatever. So you, you you had all that time, you had that money, and like you didn't uh, do anything with it. And they've shown that tracker record. You know, they've shown that track record. So I'm not really optimistic about his ability to bring in, um, you know, really good players. I guess that, and I'll be critical of that. Yeah, that's a good point. I just I just feel like he's he has this. You know, like this is, you know, his his moves early on. I I, I just feel like this whole Big Donovich thing is just kind of to me. It's I don't know. This that's my first move. I gotta. I I feel like he's 
he wants to make it work with the guys, their core four that they have now. That's what I feel like. They want to make it work with those guys. So I think th- I know, but you know, he didn't he didn't sign him, so he's not he didn't force it. And and the guy is an asset. The rest of the league thinks that he's an asset. Clearly, ESPN thinks he's an asset. So Vadi's treating Bogdanovich as an asset, right? So Yes, they're hanging on to him. They're showcasing him in the starting lineup. They're, he's become an integral part of the team because he is an asset. You know, it's what he does with that asset that I'll be critical of. Then, if honestly, if if Bogdanovich comes out of the season at 28 years old, averaging 13 points and four assists a game, and they sign him to the max restricted contract, I will come on here and I will fucking go on Twitter and I will riot, riot for them all to be fired. I really will. But until then, I, I'm, I can't kill him on, on how what he thinks of Bogdanovich. That's all. No, I got you. But he did offer him that max, dude. That's, Bogdanovich just didn't take it. That's bullshit. You were, you were trying to say, well, I can't. You know, he did. They did do it, dude. They did. That's not. That, I, I think it's pretty non-debatable. But that they did try to do it, man. And he, Bogdanovich just didn't accept it. Because I think he's betting on himself, which is a wrong decision. But he did. Vladi did do it, dude. He did. Don't yeah, give we'll, a pass. Finish. We'll talk about it another time. Well, Kings fans, obviously you know on here on Kings Cast, we are very opinionated. We know you have your opinions as well. So we want to hear from you. If you would like to get involved, have uh, some questions read on the on the air here, uh, we'd love to do that uh, starting next week. So again, if you have any questions or comments, Send us a, a direct message on Twitter. You can do that again on Instagram as well. Don't forget to follow us on both those platforms at Kangscast. We want to hear from you. We'll get you. We'll get your uh, words here on the air. Excited for this next week, so we can come back on here today. I had a lot of fun today for Kangscast. This is Defresh, Eric, and Brian. Go Kangs! 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 Thank you for listening to the Kang's Cast Podcast. Look for new episodes weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kang's Cast. Like on Facebook, and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.